You're listening to In It Together, a podcast curated by the Ride Out Lyme Health and Wellness team. I'm Brandy Dean, founder and president of Ride Out Lyme, and our mission is raising funds to help those impacted by Lyme and other tick-borne diseases pay for their treatments. This In It Together podcast is an offering not just for those with Lyme disease, but for anyone struggling in any way and looking for hope and inspiration. Join us for heartfelt conversations about what gets us through as we walk our journeys. No matter where you are or what your situation is, our team here at Ride Out Lime want you to know that we are right there with you behind you all the way. Hello, Christina. Welcome. Thank you so much for agreeing to be here today to share your story and your awesomeness with us. It is so funny because we're friends and then now I have the chance to interview you, which is so exciting. So Christina Consavelos is a licensed psychotherapist, award-winning gluten-free food, travel, and lifestyle blogger and author of Begin Within Journals. Christina, you have this award-winning blog, One Camino, that is so amazing, and you started it before your Lyme diagnosis. So can you tell us more about how it has evolved? Sure. First of all, I just want to say I'm so stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. I love Write Out Lyme. I love you. So this is fun. Um, So I started One Camino after completing a pilgrimage called the Camino de Santiago de Compostela. It's a 500-mile pilgrimage across Spain. I began blogging um, my journey for friends and family. And then um, it kind of, you know, gained a following and people were interested. And I realized my affinity for for writing, for storytelling, I always had this pipe dream of travel writing, but never really did anything about it. And I was just happy that my job at the time, which was working at a hospital as a a medical social worker, allowed me to take the the time off to complete something like this. So anyway, that that blog evolved into an actual, you know, evolved into an Instagram page, and then later on to an actual website. And since it initially started as a, you know, strictly a travel blog, but then as someone with celiac disease, I realized I was doing a ton of research in, in traveling and figuring out what I could and could not eat when I was traveling next, all the preparation and that stuff, um, that I decided to focus on gluten-free travel as niche as it felt at the time. It, um, it was necessary. I was filling in these blanks of, you know, I want to travel here, what is gluten-free, friendly, celiac safe. And, and I was able to help with that, which felt, which felt good. Uh, And then as time progressed, I began to pick up a few different diagnoses, uh, eventually Lyme disease and the blog evolved even more so to be more health conscious and had sort of a focus on Lyme disease and chronic illness and traveling with chronic illness. And it's been really cool to, to see it grow, to see it evolve truly. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I love how the blog was able to shift and grow and evolve with you as your life changed. And 
personally, it's so cool to see how you're able to share that gluten-free research with others, because what a gift it's so much work and to alleviate or make or simplify that process for others, you know, pave the way and blaze that trail for travel with a gluten-free lifestyle is super helpful. So your life transitioned with the diagnoses. Can you tell us more about how that shifted your life and your projects in general? Uh, So aside from working at the hospital as a medical social worker, I did humanitarian social work where um, it was disaster mental health. I would essentially show up to places where natural disasters occurred and, um, and help. And the last place I was in was Mexico. Prior to that, you know, I did American Red Cross. I was with Doctors Without Borders for a minute. And it's, it's really, it's really tough work with anything like that. You, you need to have radical self-care. And that is something I definitely lacked in. I just wanted to give and to help and to give and to help some more. And I completely abandoned myself in that, in that process. I I lost myself in helping others, but not in the way that uh, Gandhi would quote it. It wasn't a good thing. (laughs) It it was detrimental to my health. And uh, when I was in Mexico, after the um, earthquake, was that 2018? I, I became really ill. I ended up in the hospital there. And I should mention that I had, you know, various symptoms leading up to this that were disconcerting, but I hadn't been this sick up until, up until that point. So I had to cut my contract, return home. I was passed around like a hot potato from specialist to specialist to specialist. And they just kept adding on uh, diagnosis after diagnosis. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. They just simply wanted to give me steroids and call it a day. And I'm not bagging on steroids, but that's not really a sustainable option when you don't have a root diagnosis to work with. Uh, so finally, someone had recommended that I go to Bastier, which is a naturopath school. Uh, they happen to have a campus in San Diego. I think they're out of Seattle, though. And they, you know, after running all my labs, were like, you need to go see a rheumatologist. They had me go across the street to a Lyme literate one. And just based on my presentation and my symptoms, he knew right away that it was um, Bartonella, cat scratch fever, and likely Lyme disease. And then other, you know, other things as well, which we later confirmed and found out about, um, you know, mold and what else? Parasites, you name it, I probably had it at that given time. Giardia, oh, fun. So that's when that's when that started. That's when my, my healing journey truly began is with that, with that Lyme diagnosis. Um, like I found myself, I thought, I thought I was healthy before then, but no, (laughs) no, it took me getting sick to get healthy. Mm, Wow. So relatable. (laughs) Unfortunately, unfortunately, right. Unfortunately. (laughs) Do you know when you contracted Lyme or any of the other infectious diseases? It's difficult to tell. I've exhibited symptoms 
uh, I had the Bartonella marks since in, in junior high, but of course, like no one would have likely been able to tell us that's, that's what it was. And I had panic attacks in junior high. I had migraines as young as eight years old. I mean, I've had, I've had GI issues from infancy. I mean, I've had all of these symptoms, um, but to say like to pinpoint when it started is difficult to say. And I think we talked about this. A lot of people don't know when it began. I don't remember being bit by a tick. I don't remember seeing anything, but also mosquitoes carry it. And I've been, I've had, I've had a plenty of mosquito bites in my, in my time from, um, from traveling. I've, you know, I've visited 32 different countries, many of which were in, had tropical environments. So I've been eaten alive and who knows, who knows if just, it just takes one. So, yeah. Can you describe going back a few moments, the marks you had in junior high? Because I think I had those too. So I have to describe myself. I was, I was a beanpole. I was so thin. And I remember one day just looking down at my inner thighs and seeing these dark red, purple stretch marks. Um, And I would say there were at least like 10 on both of my thighs. And I'm like, wait, I don't get it. Where, you know, how could this have happened? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a tall person, but there's no way that this could just happen overnight. And I was extremely subconscious about it because they were, they were really dark. How about yours? Mine were also purple and they were all over my sides of my app, like the love handle area and thighs and part of my upper body as well. They were extremely noticeable. So especially if I were to wear a swimsuit, yep, you would totally see it. Yeah. Which is not good for solar body image at parties. No, no, not the, I'm like, really not the time. (laughs) No, especially, I mean, I feel like at this age, I'd be a lot I'd be like, eh. positive, but it was tough then. That was a tough age. Well, body, yeah, the body positive movement wasn't a thing when we were in junior high. So it would have been nice back then. It would have been very, very um, helpful. Super. But I, wow. I feel like I still would have been insecure and subconscious about it. But um, they did, I don't know about yours, but mine did lighten up as I got older. They're not like, you can still tell they're there. They're just not dark anymore, which I guess is a good thing. Same. Mine <laughs> are no longer discolored at all, but I have stretch marks, but that's pretty normal past a certain age. So I'm not worried about I it. I mean, welcome to being a human. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, we have a body. Great. It kept us alive. Thank yeah. you, body. Thank you, body. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to live and love. Yes. <laughs> okay. So especially after Lyme, you're like, whatever. Right? Oh my gosh. Actually, that's a great subtopic. How has your view or relationship with your body changed? I went through a real rough patch when I was initially diagnosed and started treatment and I was couch bound. Like I was really mean towards myself and my body. I felt betrayed. I felt, I just felt hurt. I felt, I felt abandoned. I felt attacked. Um, the list goes on and on. It was, it was not a healthy relationship. Um, and I, and I was, I noticed that for the longest time I separated myself from my body. It was like, my mind is here. My body's there. My body's clearly 
trying to attack me. So let it, I'm just going to let it do its thing and, you know, hate it for it. Um, but then I had read research about this woman who was, I can't remember if she had MS. She was really sick with something and she was asked to look in the mirror. This was the activity she had been given and express the love for each body part. Um, and she had a really hard time. Like she couldn't think of one thing, but eventually she would, you know, she would start at her toes and work her way all the, you know, work her way up to the point. She would say like, I love you elbow. I love the way you do this. I love you arm. I love you. I love you hands. Thank you for letting me, you know, grab onto things and, uh, struck a chord with me and, you know, how, or what my relationship looked like with my body. And I decided to change. I decided to implement that same practice, except I would only choose one body part a day or the body part I deemed that was giving me the hard, most difficult time. I would express the most love to because I'm like, that's the body part that needs that needs help. Anyway, this woman had um, went through radical remission for I can't recall what kind of sickness she had and felt it to be so inspiring. And I noticed a difference in myself and my own healing when I switched that narrative or my perspective on what my body was doing. I also learned more about the role our bodies play and how, you know, it's our bodies don't attack us. They, they're trying to protect us. They are fighting whatever is trying to attack us at this given moment. They're doing everything. Why would our bodies want us to die? Our bodies want us to stay alive. Like we are our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're with us. They're on our side. They're on our team. And yeah. Mm, I love that so much. And I feel like my body has become my best friend in this process. And it used to be, I used to view it as an adversary or enemy or something that just had to be dealt with. And now it's, it's the best friend and vessel for everything or a partner. I mean, there's so many ways to look at it, but that's such a beautiful practice that that woman mm-hmm. shared about. Yeah. And I have that as a question. I know we'll get into the journal, but I, in the begin within journal, one of the questions is, um, name what, like what's something you love about your body. And that's, it's just one thing, but it's one of the, I think it's one of the most difficult questions. And so I've heard from others in the journal, because you really, you really have to take a moment to think about it and show yourself love. Ooh, what a great segue into the journal. Yeah. So the journal is something I started or I thought about (laughs) starting when I was couch bound from Lyme disease. I had also read about the mind body connection and how powerful a journal practice is in general, uh, in terms of, you know, not just helping with, with mental health, but physical health as well. But I also wanted to track my symptoms and day-to-day feelings and where I was at. I I wanted to see if there were any patterns and things I was doing, things I was eating, that sort of thing. So I, I tried looking for a journal that was both mind and body focused. I just couldn't find one. I, I found a lot of journals that focused primarily on gratitude or on physical health or strictly on on mental health, or even like spiritual, religious health, if you will. 
but none of them combined those things. And, you know, backpacking on what I said earlier, you know, the mind and body, they're not separate, they are together. And uh, I think our culture, our society tends to really try to separate the two. So anyway, I looked, I looked, I looked, I even tried to find a journal that where I could just add prompts to it. Even if I added four, it would be a lot more helpful to me than having to literally write out every single one of my prompts night after night. Cause it was as someone who was couch bound, like I could barely think straight, let alone, you know, come up with these prompts, answer them. But I couldn't find anything. And then I basically told one of my best friends, I'm like, this, I'm looking for this. It doesn't exist. I think I need to create it. And she's like, do it, do it. So unfortunately it took me a long time because I was still very much healing. I mean, I will always be healing, but I was in a, I was truly during a rough patch in my life. Um, and I went through a few different designers before that same best friend decided to learn how to use Canva and, uh, design the content for me. Like I gave her, you know, I gave her what I wanted, but she was able to, to put it together in a really pretty way. Uh, she's a, she's a perfectionist and it <laughs> did me, it did me good. And in this case. And she also uh, encouraged me to use my own artwork on the covers because I kept going through artists trying to find the right cover. And she's like, you, you paint, you draw, let's use your work for this. Um, so it was, it was a really long, arduous, but beautiful and meaningful project. And I'm quite proud of it. As you should be, celebrate that accomplishment, something you have you. taught me to do and you got to do it for yourself. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's been, it's such a, it's an indescribable feeling like to know, I mean, I created it for a selfish repurpose, I suppose, which is like, I needed, I needed this journal, but then to know like how important it is for others, especially those moving through life with chronic illness or anyone who's even new to journaling, um, to see them use it, to see them gain benefit from it is really heartwarming. Mm. Absolutely. What a great friend to support you in birthing this meaningful project and so many of the best solutions or products or initiatives. They're always birthed from people who need to solve the problems for themselves. So A plus, Christina. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out to Stephanie for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo. And I personally love the journal. It's so user-friendly and pretty. And it's, it's one of those things where it's not necessary for it to be pretty, except it changes the experience and the feeling so much for it to be pretty. And I love those relationship with yourself type prompts that you've included and that gratitude component. I mean, some of them are very thoughtful, like something you love about your body. And do you want to talk about any of your other favorite features of it? I have well, a few, but I'm curious what your favorites I mean, are. I think that, um, I mean, all of those, I feel like all of those questions really got me through some, some tough moments in my life. I also, I, I will say something I like to boast about is that people assume that, you know, it, every day is um, dated and it's not meaning there's no stress. There's no pressure to have to write in it every night. If you feel called to write in it for a week and then take a month off, it doesn't matter. Like this, this isn't 
the journal is meant to be a tool, not something else to add to your plate, to weigh you down, to stress you out. That's the last thing I'd ever want this journal to be, um, to be perceived as. And I think one of my favorite, other than the, um, something you love about your body prompt, I think my other favorite is, um, one thing you'd like to accomplish tomorrow. That's my other favorite too. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good one. But I also think defining an accomplishment is different when you have chronic illness. For example, like sometimes if you looked at my journal entries when I was really sick, um, getting up, putting on clothing, uh, taking a shower, those were genuine accomplishments. So I think that's all worth um, celebrating. Absolutely. That one priority and then also celebrating your victories or accomplishments of the day is such a great, I know it made a difference for me shifting my mindset about that. So, okay. There is another thing I want to make sure we get to today. It would be weird for us not to talk about the empowerment circle, this community that you lead. Well, this community you co-lead. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is such a joy to be on the empowerment circle team with you, Christina. The Empowerment Circle is hosted by San Diego Lyme Alliance, which is an affiliate organization of Bay Area Lyme Foundation. And we are so honored to host this space once a month, one hour and 15 minutes. It's free and a beautiful community. I love the way it's evolved and it's open to Lyme patients, partners, parents, caregivers, anyone. So it's not only the patient, but also that circle of support of who else is impacted. And involved. And we have a couple friends with other invisible illnesses who tune in and join us. And we just love the community we have. We meet every third Tuesday, 6 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. EST, and 1 p.m. Australian Eastern on Wednesdays for those who care to know. <laughs> Christina, so we have this community that was started by Sharon Wampler, the co founder of San Diego Lime Alliance, and Mark Gway, a mindfulness coach featured on Insight Timer, amazing person who is a great facilitator. I'm continually blown away by what, by what a great facilitator he is. Mark and Sharon saw the need and started this community. And since then, you and I, Christina, have had the opportunity to join that team. So, can you tell us more about why you joined and what your role is? Yeah, I I joined because it's first of all I I met Sharon through Write Out Lime in was it March of 2020 last year right exactly we all met at the yeah, Write Out bringing it full too. circle at full the Write Out Lime Soul Cycle event in La Jolla California wow that's nuts it's crazy how we well I already knew Sharon it's crazy though how you and I met, and that's when we both first met Brandy, the founder of Right Outline mm-hmm. and the team. And then we're invited to join the advisory board. That's crazy. Yeah. Here yeah, we are. And we, both, and we both sit on the advisory board. So I'd met Sharon and she told me about, you know, um, San Diego's efforts. And I knew right away I wanted to get involved. Of course, we didn't realize the impact COVID was going to have on our right community. Beginning before everything. Yeah, that was. And the world changed. The world sure changed uh, soon after because she was planning the walk, right? right? There was a fundraiser. So anyway, I knew I, knew I wanted to be involved. And then um, late, I think it was, you had started facilitating 
and you had told me about it. And I think both you and Sharon had invited me and I, I didn't really have to think twice about it. I thought like, oh yeah, I want, I want to be a part of this, of this team of facilitating for our community, for giving back to our community, for offering hope, resources, and tools. And frankly, I wish, you know, I had the empowerment circle when I was initially diagnosed. Um, and what I, what I love about our, what I love about the empowerment circle, and we've heard this, we heard this feedback last night at our, at our last one, which was focused on self-love, is that it's a really positive group. Uh, it's not, there's no toxic positivity. I mean, we talk about real, real things that occur in our lives, but uh, the focus isn't on the hopelessness. There's, there's, there's a lot of hope in our group. There's a lot of mm. light at the end of the tunnel and um, people leave feeling empowered, which is the goal, which is the name of the, of the group. It's an empowerment circle. And yeah, I so far have really enjoyed it. I think you're also an amazing facilitator and I feel honored to be part of the team. Thank you. It's an honor and a joy to have you there. You've brought so much since you joined and you hit the nail on the head with the culture. It is so, I mean, the name (laughs) empowerment circle, the goal is for it to be an empowering circle of support where we heal and connect and to be real and authentic without toxic positivity and to gain tools for how we can move forward and keeping in mind that we have people in the group in very different entry points in their healing journeys. And I also wish I had a community like that when I was first diagnosed, but that's the way it is. We often give back to the things that we wish we had when we were in the trenches. So it's true. We're totally filling in a need, just like with the gluten-free travel articles, those, those, some of those don't exist and I'm filling a need. Now we're filling a need that of something that didn't exist before. And it feels good to be able to do that. It's empowering in and of itself. 100%. And that's such a big component of post-traumatic growth as well. Mm -hmm. Being able to shift that experience. Mm -hmm. It's true. And and I, I should also mention, I love that, you know, you'd also said this, but you don't have to have Lyme disease or a diagnosis to attend, you can be really, you can just be symptomatic and not know what's going on. And you're still going to gain a lot of benefit from attending one of the the groups. Mm, I'm glad that you brought that up again, because we do have people who are undiagnosed who attend as well. And while we do talk about Lyme specific experiences, most of the content is transferable, whether someone specifically has a Lyme diagnosis or not. So yeah, or if you just know someone who's going through a rough patch in their health. Absolutely. Um, like partners good. and parents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. Well, it has been so fun having you here today. And thank you. Man, there's so much we could talk about forever. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you would like to share? Any last takeaways? I love that this circle gives people a chance to connect with you. It's a great way to build relationships because often, you know, we have our social media profiles or you have your blog, but that doesn't always give us a chance to connect in that deeper, more meaningful and intentional small group way where we can have Mm -hmm. real-time conversations with a face and a name. So personally, 
I love that and think it's cool. I mean, how cool that people have the chance to see you and talk to you because you add so much value in other ways. So, and likewise, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I think for all of us, it's just, it's yeah. Like I said, it's empowering even for us as facilitators. hundred percent. And there are some really wise, I mean, there's so much collective wisdom in the group. Oh, yes. Yes. In life. I, I end up, I feel like I end up learning more than, than some of our participants sometimes. Mm, so true. That's actually been a big lesson for me. You didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. Tell us, girl. <laughs> in, in 2020, one of the biggest lessons for me actually was the power of collective wisdom and gathering a group or a community virtually and seeing how much we can learn from each other and how we can teach each other simply by showing up as ourselves. It is. Amen. Like that is, that is so true. Mm. Collective wisdom is beautiful. And, you know, it's a silver lining in COVID because so many of us are meeting up in groups, in circles, online with people that we generally wouldn't meet in person, right? Organically, because they live in a different city, a different state, a different country. And yeah, the world, the world is small and we have more in common than we think we do. <laughs> Sometimes that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, needless to say, there is so much wisdom to gain from one another. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's so fun to be able to connect with those international new friends too. What an unexpected totally. blessing. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Like that so, Australian time zone. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, we needed that because we have some people from Canada and Australia. It's an awkward time for our UK friends, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Our listeners are probably wondering where they can find you. So where can they connect and learn more about your work? So for my um, food, travel, health, lifestyle blog, you can find me at Buen Camino, and that's spelled B-U-E-N-Q-A-M-I-N-O.com or at Buen Camino. And then for uh, Begin Within Today, which is my psychotherapy practice, as well as the home of the Begin Within journals, that can be found at beginwithintoday.com or on Instagram and other social media at Begin Within Today. And I'd love for you all to connect, say hi, tag me, whatever feels comfortable. Say hi, though. (laughs) Yes, say hi. Say hi. I love that. Well, Christina, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom. It's always a joy to connect with you and hear your story and what you're doing. Thank you for having me. If there's one last thing I can say is that you can heal. (laughs) Those are some really strong, important words and our bodies hear everything our minds say. So anyway, you can heal. Just remember that. Can you do me a favor and just yeah. say, you can heal mic drop and then we'll end the episode, right? Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's okay. Do it. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. You can heal mic drop. Many thanks once again to our guest and to you, our listeners, for joining us. 
It means so much to us to share this time with you, and we hope it gave you a boost of strength and encouragement to keep going, no matter where you are, knowing that you certainly are not alone. To learn more about Ride Out Lime and the In It Together podcast, please visit www.rideoutlime.org. We love hearing from you. Please also follow us and leave a review so we can keep providing episodes that best support you. Until next time, hold on to the very real hope that there is a way and we will keep finding it together.